Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome. This is Wacky Wednesday here on the Arrowhead Attic channel. I'm Adam Best here with the golden voice of Sterling Holmes and, of course, producer Richard doing his thing behind the scenes. Today, we're going to discuss which contenders present the greatest challenge to the Chiefs title run. And we're also going to do our traditional. Well, now it's a tradition because we're doing it the second year in a row. Our Chiefs player draft where Sterling and I are going to pick 10 Chiefs players apiece. And you guys are going to decide which team is better. But before we get into all that fun stuff, a little bit of business. All right, everyone. If you heard of Superdraft DFS, if you have not heard, you're going to learn right now. Superdraft hosts daily fantasy prop games where you can compete for a chance to win cash prizes. The game is simple. For each contest, you're given a pool of props for upcoming games. You pick whether each prop will be over or under the given total. You can choose up to eight different props for a bigger win. If you want to join in the action, we've got you covered. Sign up with our promo code ARO today and receive a deposit match up to $20. You will also receive a free pick in your first game. Think of it like a free square in bingo or a free leg to a parlay. Using code ARROW when signing up not only gets you these great rewards, but also lets you directly support our podcast. Make sure you use promo code A-R-R-O-W when you sign up. This offer is only available to new customers who are 18 plus, 19 plus in Alabama, and 21 plus in Massachusetts, and physically present in valid states. Please remember to always game responsibly. Check the episode description for the full terms of the offer. We're going to jump into this Chiefs player draft, but real quick, I wanted to do a vibes check on the Las Vegas Raiders because I thought something kind of remarkable happened this past weekend, and that's they had cigars out in early November, not because they're some dominant franchise or you know they knocked off the, the Eagles or the Chiefs or something like that. No, they're four and five. They did that because of how much they hate their ex their ex head coach. They're now ex head coach Josh McDaniels, and they look. I mean, there was genuine glee in that locker room. I don't know that I've ever seen a team rejoice like that over the departure of a coach. What did you think about that entire debacle there? Yeah, I mean, I smoke cigars in November. That's because I'm on the golf course, not because you get a win in November in the NFL. I'm happy for the players, man. I'm happy for the players. I, I obviously hate the Raiders. I loathe the Raiders. But for the players themselves, I, I, I'm happy for. Josh McDaniels was just a horrendous signing from the get-go. I'm so glad the Raiders did it, right? 
help Kansas City out, put him back farther and farther into the hole. Then obviously the trade for Jimmy G, or should I say the signing for Jimmy Garoppolo. He's a bum. Come on now, give Kyle Shanahan way more credit for the fact he took that dude to a Super Bowl. But let's be real, man. The vibes are high because they're excited. It was just perpetually being beaten down week after week, practice after practice. You're getting told things from a dude that no one believes in and no one wants to even hear from. That guy is finally gone. Vibes are high. That leads to success in the NFL. There's still a decent amount of talent on that team. Quite frankly, what, they're the second best team in the AFC right now or AFC West right now, right behind the Chiefs? I think they're one game back from the Buffalo Bills for a playoff spot, something like that. So, I, I mean, think of that. The record wasn't that bad, and they still wanted to make that move because Josh McDaniels was that bad. GM, OC, they cleaned house. Um, it's hilarious, but also I'm, I'm happy for the players because it needed to be done. The craziest anecdote that I heard was a report by Jay Glazer, and he said last week they had an airing of the grievances where players – were kind of uh, just saying their issues with the head coach. And Antonio Pierce was kind of stepping in as a representative of Josh McDaniels. And uh, they were talking about the Patriot way and how you don't have to be a dynasty to kind of accept that mindset and and think that you can beat anybody. And he brought up Antonio Pierce, their, their interim head coach now, was a former linebacker for the New York Giants team that beat the Patriots in 2007. And he brought up that team, like as an example of any team can beat anybody on any given Sunday. Well, after that, Josh McDaniels, insecure, petty ass, pulled him aside and said, never talk about the Patriots like that again. Never talk about our dynasty like that again. And just unbelievable, you know, Uh, and perhaps he's so insecure about the Patriot way because it doesn't work anywhere that where they don't have Tom Brady. I mean, that's just a fact at this point. Yeah, Joe Judge. Oh, yeah, that worked out very well. Uh, multiple times for Josh McDaniel. Yeah, that worked out very well. Uh, who was the Pencilier, dude? Patricia. Uh, yeah, Patricia. I mean, it's just, it's absurd. Yeah, the best guy was um, Flores, probably, briefly in Miami. But, I mean, it goes further. Cheese fans know all about this. Charlie Weiss and Romeo Cornell and Scott Pioli. We had a turn at the Patriot way table and it did not work out well for us. Did it? No, no, it did not. Um, it needed to happen, man. Um, it needed to happen. I, I, they're paying what 85 million for John Gruden and Josh McDaniels to not coach that team. Again, you got to give Davis at least a little bit of credit. He's not uh, afraid to eat a lot of money and realize a mistake. He goes, it's a sunk cost. Even Davis understands that moniker. I don't even know how McDaniels got hired though, to be real with you. I mean, his disaster in, in Denver, then he gets an opportunity with the Colts. Supposedly he gets the job and then allegedly because uh, his wife said that um, uh, who's cocaine cowboy, the owner of the, uh, the Jim, Colts, Ursay. Jim, Jim Ursay, allegedly cocaine cowboy, of course. Um, Jim Ursay uh, took too long in the bathroom or something like that. Uh, his wife didn't want him to take the job. And so he backed out. How the hell he got another opportunity after that blows my mind. Yeah. And, you know, I hate the franchise. I hate the logo. I hate the colors. But the players, they're people. They had a terrible boss. We've all had terrible bosses. 
they are now free from that uh, oppressive reign of Josh McDaniels. So, so good for them. But enough about the Raiders. Let's get back into our Chiefs. And we're going to do a midseason Chiefs player draft. This is an exercise, like I said, that we did last year. We're bringing it back. Both of us will draft teams of 10 current players while considering things like positional value, reliability, overall impact. This will help us evaluate which players are currently most important to the franchise. Question. One rule. Question yeah. best. Question. Yes. I know I know what you're going to get into. What I know what the rule is going to be. Okay, I know it was the same rule last year. I know exactly what the rule is. But is this a one-year sample size? Is this a franchise building uh, exercise? Because th- th- this matters, right? If it's a one-year yeah. thing, um, I don't care about contracts. I don't care about age. If it's a franchise, contracts matter as well as age. I think we should be somewhat big picture. But the way I play dynasty and fantasy football is not like four or five years. Just the league changes too much. Let's just look at it this year, next year, perhaps even the year after that. Like very very short term, but not just this year. Is that reasonable? Yeah, I like it. So the rule, which Sterling alluded to, is Patrick Mahomes is ineligible because he would just tilt the balance to one team. Whoever got Patrick Mahomes, the draft should just basically end right at that moment. And to be fair to whichever team goes second, the draft will be snake order. So one, two, two, two. We're going to go like that. Since it's my exercise, you get to call it. Yeah, I want second. I'm deferring uh, to the second half. Give me – well, because I get second and third. That's that's a smart move. Come on now. Yeah, 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 yeah. For lock. Um, So I'm going first. Yes, you are. There's a lot of pressure on me. There's three obvious answers, and someone's going to get two of them. Yeah, I'm not going with Travis Kelsey because of age. Uh, Love him. Love him. Uh, Can't say enough about him. He is top three chief of all time, best tight end ever. But I'm going to go Chris Jones. He is still closer to his prime. He is uh, a perennial all-pro and one of the most disruptive defensive players in the league. So I'm going Chris Jones. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Uh, I'm glad you did that and, and by the rule as well. He might only be here one more year, so this actually helps my case. I'm going Trent McDuffie with my first one. 
Okay. Second pick, call it down. Give me Trent McDuffie. Give me a guy who deserves to be an all pro this year and who still has room to grow. Trent McDuffie has blossomed into an all around incredible cornerback in the ilk of a sauce gardener, if you will. Uh, he does it all. He's a little smaller size, which matters if you're getting beat a lot and the shorter arms, you know, he's not going to be able to recover. Doesn't matter if you're not getting beat. He also has forced four fumbles this season. He's Trent McStuffie. Duffy in the run game. I really want that to stick. Okay, I'm trying to TM this uh, McStuffy moniker for him. But Trent is always in the dude's hip pocket. He is so good. He's electric. He's young. He's going to get better. And I already think he should be an all-pro. I'm going McDuffie. And then my second pick, since there's a snake draft, I'm giving the best offensive weapon. Give me Travis Kelsey. Okay, Kelsey still has three good years left. He's on pace right now to go over 1,100 yards still. How crazy is that? He's only played in eight games, close to 600 yards already. Travis Kelsey is not slowing down. This dude is still a stud. And now he broke the all-time Chiefs receiving record. Now, it sucks he only got 14 yards, and it sucks it was on a seven-yard little little route that, of course, the following two plays ended up being a third and one where he gets stuff, so no one's going to remember the play it actually happened on. But who cares? It's Travis Kelsey, Trent McDuffie. I'm sorry, Adam. I already won. We'll see about that. I like the McDuffie stuffy, though. Uh, you know, Peanut Tillman had the peanut punch. And Trent McDuffie kind of has this, like, borderline supernatural ability to knock out the ball. I haven't seen any, anybody like him since since Peanut, really. I got to give uh, Angry Drunken German a shout out. He said, time to give McDuffie his Brandon Flowers. Way to use a former player and corner even. In that pun, Matt Connor right now is smiling upon you. Position appropriate. I'm going to go with a guy who I think is the best pass protecting guard in the NFL. Joe Tooney, the Iron Man, the linchpin of that dominant interior offensive line. Uh, easy pick for me there. Mm-hmm. And next up, I'm going to go with who is arguably the second best, if not the first best center in the league, Creed Humphrey. I'm I'm really just pounding the line. Like I didn't foresee this as my future, but that's the way the board has gone. And I'm going Tooney and Humphrey. That hurts, man. That really hurts. Cause I was going to snag Humphrey, man. You get a lot of beef in the middle there. Best a lot of beef right there. It's a lot of man meat. (sighs) Don't like that. Pause. Um, This is tough now. Now do I try and bolster my offense? Do I go offensive line? And I feel like I'm reaching on the offensive line now at some point. Or do I go... um, Hmm. Okay. Pick is in. It's a reach here, but I need to do this. Give me Rasheed Rice. Okay. The reason being... He's young, he's controllable, he's the best wide receiver the Chiefs have, and kind of to be a um, a bleep hole to you, I have Kelsey and Rice, so congratulations on Stonehands, whoever is going to be catching the ball for you. So uh, I feel pretty good there. feel pretty good there. Um, I get one more, correct? Correct. I'm going to go with, uh, ooh, I'm going with Jarius Sneed. I'm doubling down since you blocked mm, me. Mm. You blocked me by blocking me with two offensive linemen. I'm going to block you by getting both McDuffie, Kelsey Rice, and now Jarius Sneed. 
Man, this gets tougher quicker than I would have thought. Um, well, if we're blocking each other, I'm going to literally block you and go Trey Smith. Uh, <laughs> I'm just going to take that whole interior offensive line. Trey Smith, one of the most underrated guards in the National Football League, and one of the reasons we were able to, to bring in two new tackles. Trey Smith. Oh, man. This is tough. But I just think Nick Bolton, yeah. for what he brings, what he brings to the defense, the leadership, uh, his improvement in pass coverage, and him just being one of the best run stuffers in the league is uh, between what he brings to the field and the intangibles. I just can't pass up Nick Bolton here. Yeah, that's a really good call, man. That was uh, going to be uh, high consideration. For what I was going to pick next, I really enjoy that pick there. I'm going Karloftis, okay? I'm going with the Greek freak, a guy who uh, is blossoming into one of the better pass rushers in the NFL. He is so underrated, in my opinion. I don't think the NFL knows about Karloftis that much. You know, he's not Aiden Hutchinson. He's not, you know, a Bosa brother. He's not Miles Garrett. And he's probably not going to be that. But when he was drafted, and I was very high on Carl Loftus before he even came to Kansas City, all this talk about, you know, he kind of is who he is. He's a high motor guy, not a ton of moves. I thought was so unfounded. Because he's not the bendiest guy doesn't mean he didn't have room for growth. Dude was 21, one of the youngest guys in the draft, coming over from Greece where he was playing water polo. You're telling me a guy with that body, that age, who is learning the sport isn't going to get better? It's asinine. It's absurd. Carl Loftus has been a, a revelation this year, right? He plays, what, 80% of snaps. He gets after the quarterback. He is a great one-two punch with Chris Jones. Um, he can play inside, outside. He's, str- uh, he's so strong. And again, that motor that never crits, uh, quits. Give me Carl Loftus. And that leads me to number six. I am going to go with Jawan Taylor. Mm-hmm. And I can't let you get four offensive linemen. I don't think you'd do it, but you might. Uh, Taylor, we know, was going to be here. And after his horrendous start, he's really figured some things out. Uh, he's stopped getting called for penalties. He has been improving week after week. The athleticism is starting to shine, right? The quicker feet than Orlando Brown Jr. or especially Andrew Wiley. Um, he's he's a very good pass protector. I think Juwan Taylor's the move here. I like it. A good defensive counter to, to ensure that I don't get the entire offensive line. Yeah, I was well, be the entire offensive line besides Donovan Smith. I don't know if Donovan <laughs> Smith's going to be be picked, but yeah, I was saying uh, Lucas Niang. <laughs> we we shall see. I'm going to go with the best edge on the Chiefs, Charles Aminahu. You're and wrong. You're so I, wrong. No, the I'm, fact I'm, you think he's I'm better not, than Karloff is. I'm not wrong. I'm not. I'm not wrong at all. I'm not wrong at all. George Karloftis is a high motor player, like you said. He wins late. He wins with effort. He wins with technique. He doesn't blow shit up like Charles Aminihu. He doesn't win fast like Charles Aminihu does. Charles Aminihu, when you kick him inside, he's a good edge. But when you kick him on inside, he's borderline unblockable. The data backs that up. I am very excited to get my guy right there. Now, the question is, where do I go here? And 
I don't my have any pass. Is, but, but no, no, but let's stop with Philippe. My bet is still looking pretty good against you, though. Correct? Karloff is versus Minahu for sacks. Well, yeah. I mean, you had a six-game head start, but I don't think it's impossible that he comes back. I wasn't it's, really thrilled it's with... six to one and a half, right? I think it's six to one and a half. Something like that. I, I hate half sacks. Just give them a whole sack. This half sack thing... Uh, actually, PFF doesn't give half sacks because it's just stupid. It's just like... You know, two guys can get a whole sack. I don't know. Anyway, I'm going to go just really impressed with his improvement this year. Fan favorite. Uh, We need to use him more. And that is Isaiah Pacheco. Hmm. I can't, you know, I have no one to catch the ball, but I have a great offensive line. So I'm going to have to establish the run with this team. Isaiah Pacheco is the pick. That's interesting. When you said fan favorite and a guy who's grown, I thought Willie Gay Jr. First name I thought of when you said a guy who's grown and who's who's becoming a fan favorite, I was thinking Willie Gay because Willie Gay has really impressed me. Uh, but Isaiah Pacheco, good pick. I like it. I think that's an astute pick right there. But I'm going to go with Willie Gay Jr. I'm going with him. I was nervous you were about to take him. Willie Gay Jr. might be the best linebacker currently on the Chiefs, which if you would have asked me going into this year, I would have said third or maybe even fourth behind Leo Chennault. Willie Gay Jr. has been so good in every facet, and he's been a guy who has been injured at almost every level he's played at. NFL, obviously, college, has not played a ton, but the game is looking like it's slowing down for him. I'm all in on Willie Gay Jr. I know the contract year is undefeated. Uh, maybe that means more than anything else. But the way he's playing, the Chiefs, I, I think, need to re-sign Willie Gay. So I'm going Willie Gay Jr. with my seventh pick. Mm-hmm. And um, this might be a reach, but I like it. Give me Harrison Butker. Give me Butker. Give me a guy who's been the best kicker in the NFL this year. I think he's the second best because I think he would still take Justin Tucker, but he's yet to miss a kick and they're not even close. Like, it's not like they're sneaking in. Butker is drilling these. It's like in a scramble, right? Because the Chiefs offense has been stalling. Picture you in a scramble and three dudes before you have just shank drives OB. And then the fourth guy comes up and just pipes one down the middle of the fairway. 330 straight. And you're like, yeah, we're taking that ball. Thank you for saving us. That's Butker with the Chiefs offense. Give me Harrison. Oh, it hurts my soul. Uh, I'm the guy in fantasy drafts. If you make me play in a league with a kicker, I do not draft a kicker. I draft skill players and wait until as long as I can to make a decision on those guys. And then I pick up a kicker just because, uh, I don't know. If we had kickerless football, I would be okay with it. But that is a conversation for another day. I, I'm the same way in fantasy football. But in real football, Butker is that much of a game changer. Yeah, and I think what I'm going to say here, I would rather have a great kicker. But the only downside about how good Harrison Butker is, is it causes Andy Reid to lean into some conservative tendencies on, say, fourth and two, fourth and three, when I think he should be a little bit more prone to go, go for it. You look at the way the Eagles play, and they almost feel unbeatable because – they get an extra down when other teams are punting. Um, Did did you ever see that um, graph that came out? I think it was yesterday or two days ago in regards to aggressiveness on fourth down, just aggressiveness in general. 
Um, the Chiefs were the far left end, which is the petrified side of the equation here, which is shocking. They were in the same realm as I believe it was the Browns, the Steelers, and the Buccaneers. Yeah, that's not and great. The, and and the Buccaneers <laughs> and the Steelers are two of the worst orchestrated offenses in the National Football League. Uh, and and Cleveland hasn't been particularly prolific either. They just have a good defense. Uh, so. I mean, we could talk about that all day, but for as innovative as Andy Reid is in many ways, he does have some old school conservative tendencies on stuff like this. Uh, now, you have two members of the secondary, mm-hmm. the two best members of the secondary. But I think one of the reasons the chief secondary has been so good this year is the communication, the seamless switching off. They just are all on the same page. And that starts with the two brainiacs that play safety. So I'm doubling up here and I'm picking Brian Cook and Justin Reed, the two safeties, the other most important cogs in this borderline top of the league secondary. Uh, Those are my next two picks. Mm. It's tough. I like it. I like that a lot. Um, Hmm. Nine. There's a couple of ways I can go here. I'm thinking of a couple. I think I'm going to go Drew Tranquil at nine. Right. You got Bolton. Give me Drew. Um, I like it. He's been really good. He's actually, you know, the, the knock against him coming into this season was he's great at everything. He's a green dot. He can get for the quarterback. He was top 15, according to PFF last year in pass coverage as a linebacker. But he's a little light, right? He's not great getting downhill. Not the best tackler, the best stuffing the run. This year's a little different. He's put on a little bit of weight. And it hasn't affected his pass coverage at all. He still gets for the quarterback, still a green dot, still knows everything in the playbook, especially just, just getting here. But he's been better in the run game. He's not Nick Bolton, sure. but he's better in the run game than I've expected from him. Uh, Drew Tranquil, to me, has been a really, really uh, nice surprise. I was already high on him, and now I'm higher. Like, if that could even be possible, that's what he's done. Uh, for my final pick, uh, Richie J. Ja- no, I'm kidding. I really wanted to get Richie James. I, like, I Give him another opportunity, guys. Come on now. Give Richie another chance. God, the last thing we need is another receiver getting seven targets or seven routes a game. Best, listen to me really quickly, and then I'll drop this. Okay. I actually talked to Matt Derrick about this yesterday, and we're on the same page here. What does Richie James do well? He can play on the outside. He gets separation, and he's good in those underneath routes, right? Those those, uh, two to seven-yard routes, two to 12-yard routes. How are teams playing the Chiefs? How are teams playing the Chiefs? A lot of zone coverage, and guys can't get separation. And, by the way, guys are all slots on this team. What does Richie James do? He's different than those dudes. He's different than McColl. He's different than Sky. He's a little different than Rasheed Rice. He's not going to probably get another opportunity. I mean, like, I, I'd be pretty surprised at this point. He never got an opportunity before injury. But I'm still here banging my chest saying he actually makes sense on this offense more Makes more makes way more sense now more than he did at the beginning of the season, and we're still yet to see him. Uh, I'm not going him, and this makes it very difficult for my tenth pick, my last pick here. I'm deciding between a couple guys. Um, do I go unsung hero year after year, which is Mike Dana? Do I go with a running back, Jarek McKinnon? This is tough. It's a real tough one here. This is a conundrum, my man. 
How many offensive players do I have? One, two, three, not many. Which should probably tell you something else that the Chiefs have way more defensive talent than offensive, which again, I've been saying for a long time, considering they have spent so many draft picks, high draft picks, money, free agents on the defense for the past few seasons, right? First rounders where? Two defensive ends and a cornerback. How many second rounders and third rounders on the defense? A lot. Quite a few. Well, they do. Um, I feel like I need to get another defensive or another offensive player. So I'm going to go with Jarek McKinnon. All right. Hmm. Mike Dana is a consideration here, but I'm going to go with some some swagger, some attitude, just the cool factor. I'm going Tommy Townsend, man. I got to have Tommy Townsend on my team. Just, just have to. I mean, one of the – just a fan favorite as a punter. I mean, not only is he a, a great – punter one of the best punters in the league how big of a personality do you have to be to be well known as a punter and to be a fan favorite as a punter so it's crazy and and he's got great locks great lettuce oh yeah I, I mean give this guy head and shoulders commercial right you can have him and Mahomes do one yeah you know, don't, you don't need is, Troy Palomalo anymore give me Tommy Townsend no. no uh and and the Chiefs have kind of set a precedent for doing commercials together. You have Kelsey and Mahomes. You have Kelsey and Chris Jones. Let's get Tommy Townsend in those locks, some airtime. I'm going with Tommy Townsend, and that concludes our list. Mm. Parting thoughts here? Yeah, I'm surprised Mike Dana was not drafted, right? I really thought Mike Dana was going to be uh, drafted, and the only reason why he was not was because I felt like I needed to well round out my team with another offensive guy, McKinnon. I needed someone who can block as well as run the football. Uh, McKinnon can do that since you got the interior offensive line. Um, I like my team. I like my team. You muted yourself, but I think your team, you thought is so bad. You're like, I can't go on. Yes, that's, that's exactly what happened. I actually think you had the advantage drafting, kind of doubling up with the snake order and getting McDuffie and Kelsey. As much as I like Rasheed Rice, I think that might've been a reach there. I'm trying to think if I reached anywhere, uh, maybe Pacheco just because I need an offensive player and I wasn't going to pick. Sky or Kadarius or McColl. Hell no. I, I mean, that's how bad it is that me, a wide receiver aficionado, just can't I, – I can't do it. I can't pick any of those guys. I, honestly, I would have picked Justin Watson before I picked any of those guys with where we're at this season. Wait, wait. That's so you, stings. You, you mean the bet that we had where you had Sky more over 1,000 yards isn't looking so good? It is not looking so good. But in my defense, I was also high – on Rasheed Rice, and the logic for that still stands, that whoever won that that slot role was going to have one of the more lucrative roles in the National Football League, given how much kind of zone teams are playing uh, against the, the Chiefs and how, how much they're trying to limit explosive plays. Uh, and I did think uh, Rasheed Rice coming out, I mean, back, going back to draft night, I called him a power slot. But out of Chiefs camp, they were telling us Sky Moore is the guy. Sky Moore is the guy in the slot, and Kadarius Tony has wide receiver one skills. So now 
when the Chiefs do this bullshit coach speak with their receivers, I am not going to believe them ever, ever, ever again because they basically lied to us. You're, you're, you're telling me Andy would not be truthful with with us, with the media. You're telling me Andy uh, held some things maybe a little close to his chest. Andy Reid, the guy who perpetually says from week one to the Super Bowl, we're looking forward to the challenge of playing blank and they're a well-coached team. That guy? Yeah, he's not the most coach speaky. I mean, he's not Pete Carroll, who is like a, you know, habitual liar, <laughs> uh, pathological liar. But he's, you know, he definitely engages in some coach speak. And uh, uh, I, I mean, what I like about Andy is he's not going to throw his guys under the bus. Even when he probably should or could at some points, he's not going to do that. So uh, that was a fun exercise. Let us know in the chat which team you think would prevail, which team is better. And speaking of teams, we're going to move on now to ranking the contenders. This is another segment we did last year. And I didn't even realize I was wearing my, my NFL draft shirt, which was perfect for today's show. Very appropriate uh, attire. <clears throat> so we're going to rank the other top 10 teams, basically in everybody's power rankings at this point, AKA the contenders from worst to first to figure out which teams pose the biggest threat to Kansas City. And to ensure there's a level playing field, here's a, a, a statistical breakdown for each squad. So we're going to do offensive EPA per play, defensive DVOA, and point differential for all these teams. The Chiefs, offensive EPA per play, they're fifth. Defensive DVOA, they're fifth. Point differential, they are fifth. You want to talk about complementary football, about balance. It cannot possibly get more balanced than that. The Philadelphia Eagles, offensive EPA per play, they're fourth. Defensive DVOA. This is a bit surprising. 21st. Yeah. That secondary is rough. Yeah. I mean, right? every, team, every team has a fatal flaw, I think, this year, right? And surprisingly, <laughs> it's been the Eagles' defense and their secondary specifically. Their defensive line is still great. Gets a lot of pressure, a lot of talent there. But again, you would think they would still have a lot of um, impact because they got some big-name guys. Just this year, they've been beat. Yeah, and their point differential is is seventh. Maybe let's just, so we don't get too repetitive here, let's just take a second to address each of these teams as we go. Uh, my thoughts on the Eagles, Jalen Hurts doesn't look quite as good as he did last year. Now he still looks very good, and, and he does. He has been dealing with a knee injury. But we have to remember, I mean, the guys he's throwing to, this is just unbelievable. A.J. Brown, Top three receiver in the league. I think the only guys that you can argue are better than him right now are Tyree Kill and Justin Jefferson. And that's it. He's yeah. just dominating. I mean, six games in a row with 125 or more yards. Devontae Smith, top 20 receiver in his own right, league-wide probably. And then Dallas Goddard, I would say, is a top six or eight tight end at worst. Another dynamic playmaker. And then they've got the best offensive line in the league probably the best defensive line in the league, the deepest, certainly. Uh, and I guess, like you said, their fatal flaw is just that secondary is banged up old. Of course, they traded for Kevin Byard from the Titans to try to address that. So we'll see if that makes a difference. But also let's remember that they swapped out two coordinators who are now head coaches in Indianapolis 
and Arizona. And that lack of continuity, I mean, in a game of inches in the playoffs, I don't know. It could be a difference maker. But um, I think the, the scary thing about the Eagles is they are such a hard out offensively. Getting them to punt is, is like a minor miracle. So the fact that Kadarius Tony ever saw that punt, I mean, it, it's still shocking to me because they just seem like inevitable. If they get anywhere close to like third and four, you're just like, why don't we just fast forward because they're getting this damn first down? Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's a good point. And uh, Lauren Shanks brings up another good point here. Dallas Goddard going on the IR. Yeah, he he broke his wrist slash arm. It was a gnarly, gnarly tackle. Bring down forearm, from right? Yeah, forearm. Uh. It was gross, dude. Um, so that, that's also big to know there. I will say with Jalen Hurts though, he looked a little bad at the beginning of the season. He's turned it up in recent weeks. Uh, I think the NFL as a whole, offense and scoring is down a little bit. Defenses are starting to uh, adjust, I think. And you're starting to see what teams did to Mahomes. Teams are now doing to every single team. Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, Jalen Hurts, Tua Tagovailoa. Everyone is down just a little bit this year. Yeah, points per game. This is the lowest since 2017. And 2017 had like an epidemic of quarterback injuries. So we've definitely seen the pendulum swing to the defensive side of the ball. I think offenses across the league will recalibrate and things will swing back eventually. But you have to give Brett Veach credit. I think he might have forecasted that the league was going to enter a bit of an offensive rut and wanted to be prepared defensively to kind of take advantage of, of, you know, just defenses seem to have the upper hand. And that's a good transition to the Baltimore Ravens, who I think are, if there's one coordinator who's doing uh, a better job than, than anybody, is their defensive coordinator, McDonald, in Baltimore. That, that unit, ever since they traded for Roquan Smith, the linebacker they acquired from the Chicago Bears for a second-round um, draft pick at the deadline last year, Man, they have looked like probably the best unit in the league. Uh, I think points per drive, I saw this from Ben Solak at the Ringer, they have the lowest points allowed per drive since the 2000 Ravens, which is just mind-blowing. I mean, not only is the 2000 Ravens like a top five historical NFL defense, but the rules were very different back then. So... Uh, I, I think it's easier to play offense now than it used to be. Yeah. Uh, with the Ravens, I think that right now they would be the <sighs> pains me, maybe the best team in the NFL. Like I, I get the records not as good as the Eagles and the, you know, the chiefs obviously, but the Ravens started off slow and I kept saying for the longest time, you can go back in the archives on this show, look back at my, on my Twitter history. I kept saying the Ravens are a sleeping giant. They're going to figure it out. I'm not saying this is going to carry over the playoffs. I get that stuff. But right now, they look incredible. Their defense is the best in the NFL. Offensively, with the addition of Todd Munkin at OC, right, they've spread this thing out. It's not just Lamar Jackson running the football. It's not just running up the gut. It actually has opened up the running game because you have Zay Flowers. Odell Beckham Jr., the, even though he's not what he once was, he's still solid. Mark Andrews. And Lamar's always been a better thrower of the football than he gets credit for. No, he's not. Mahomes or Josh Allen, but he's better than people expect. It's not Justin Fields out there, right? He's throwing the ball horizontally, vertically, all over the field, and it's working. Um, right now, the Ravens look really, really good. 
And I've also been a huge advocate for the Ravens and Lamar in particular. I think he is probably the most underrated player in the league because of this, you know, he's a running back bullshit. I mean, he has elite arm talent. He throws at angles that only like five or six other guys can throw at. He is very intelligent. He is doing real big boy quarterback stuff this year. And now that he's getting a chance with a legit spread it out, you know, throw down the field passing attack and not kind of like a gimmicky run-based offense, I think you're seeing him flourish very quickly into the Todd Monken era. And at worst, I think he's the fourth best quarterback in the league. The only guys that you're definitely taking ahead of him are Mahomes and Burrow. And I think Allen, uh, his Allen's upside is greater than almost anybody. But he's so erratic that I think Lamar is a little bit more steady than him. Uh, so, yeah, I do worry about those pass catchers, though. Mandrews is awesome. No worries with him. But Odell Beckham is in himself. Uh, Rashad Bateman has just never gotten it going. I think he's just a guy that we're going to look back and, and say, what could have been if injuries didn't take their toll? And I think Zay Flowers, while, while dynamic with the football, he's a little bit of, I think he's a better version of this, but he's a little bit of a McCole Hardman or Kadarius Tony type where I don't know if he can do all the receiver stuff yet. So I think there still could be issues with that passing game come playoff time. Sure. A passing game there doesn't seem to be any issues with, though, right now. Cincinnati, the Cincinnati Bengals are clicking. Joe Burrow looks all the way back. T. Higgins looks all the way back. Uh, These numbers are a bit deceiving, right? Uh, Offensive EPA per play, 16th. Defensive DVOA, 11th. Point differential, 17th. They sucked not- to start the year. They sucked. They were oh, yeah. the season. I mean, and that's what it is. I kept saying once the buy happens, they're going to win. I put money. I put decent amount. Well, decent for me because I don't put a lot of money down. A ten dollar bet. That's called two units for me. My unit is five. Uh, don't clip that. Don't clip that. <laughs> five dollars is what I use for a unit when I bet. <laughs> And I said they're going to beat the 49ers. They're healthy. That was the issue was Joe Burrow's calf. It was Jamar Chase not getting involved enough early on. There was a disconnect. T. Higgins was banged up as well. Then what happened post? They beat some damn good teams, right? They had to. It was sink or swim. They were sitting there at, what was it, two and four? One and three? Whatever it was, they, they had to sink or swim against the 49ers and against the Bills. Those were big games, and they won both. They're back. I think the league is going to regret not burying them when when they had a chance because Joe Burrow in a one done format in the playoffs, he is not a guy you want to see Lou Anarumo, their defensive coordinator, their defense doesn't look like a juggernaut right now, but if he gets one game to roll out some bespoke, you know, game planning stuff against your offense and your quarterback, that is a nightmare. I don't want to see them in the playoffs. Uh, I, I do think this team probably because of players lost on defense isn't as good as the iteration from last year or perhaps even the Super Bowl year, but they're very good. I think we skipped the Baltimore Ravens numbers, so I want to get those in really quick. Uh, offensive EPA per play, seventh. 
defensive DVOA. You'd think they'd be first, but they are not. They are second. The Cleveland Browns are first. And then point differential, they are first. They've just been waxing some pretty good teams. I mean, they they shellacked the Detroit Lions. They they ran up numbers on the Seattle, Seattle Seahawks. So that's been very impressive. San Francisco 49ers, offensive EPA per play second, which is crazy considering they have Mr. Relevant at their quarterback. That just shows the job that uh, Mike Shanahan and those Kyle Shanahan and those uh, those uh, skill players are doing there. Defensive DVOA, 15th. Not what you expect from San Francisco. Their defense is having a bit of a down year. And the point differential, that has been there. That is third. Keep in mind, they're in the NFC, which is an easier road. We just have to say that. Yeah. Uh, I think they're still a really good team. Uh, I don't think Brock Purdy is very good. The the week after I tried to finally give him his flowers, say, you know what? Maybe I was wrong. Maybe this guy isn't uh, just a dude. Maybe he's better than I think. He's been horrendous. I mean, he's been bad. Christian McCaffrey is saving that team, which if you know me, is wild to say. I'm typically running back, so it make a big difference. But McCaffrey matters. Like, if I had an MVP vote, He's at least making the top three right now. And I don't I, like the quarterbacks have been down and he's been that good because he's also a receiver. He does everything. He's on the field perpetually. He's a game changer. He is. Um, I don't care what position he plays. He's that good. Um, I think their defense is better than we've seen so far, but I think their offense is quite is not quite as good because I don't believe in Brock Purdy going forward. Yeah. The crazy thing about Christian McCaffrey is you have very few running backs who can run actual receiver downfield routes. And usually those guys like Rashad White, they're inefficient runners because it is very hard to be a great rusher and a great receiver. And he is as good as it gets at both. The thing about Brock Purdy is if he has Kittle, McCaffrey, Ayuk, and Debo, if he has that quartet, he's rolling. But I've noticed you take one of those guys away and he gets shaky. And that basically tells me if he doesn't have the most ideal situation possible for a quarterback, he's he's going to be suboptimal. So I'm with you, man. He's going to have to prove it in the playoffs that he belongs with even kind of the mid-tier quarterbacks. I'm not even ready to put him on the same level as Dak, Dak Prescott, you know, guys oh, like no, that. Not even close. He, no, 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 yeah, no. he's not in that in that territory for me. And he's got a lot to prove before he put him there. But, you know, they added Chase Young at the deadline. Chase Young, injury riddled, right? But a very capable player who I think will make a difference in that system. That's another really scary defensive front. And I don't think they're particularly good in the secondary beyond Chavarius Ward. So that could be a bit of a flaw for them too. Yeah. Uh, next one, Miami, a team the Chiefs just beat in Frankfurt, Germany. Miami's offense second as far as offensive EPA per play. Defensive DBOA is 15th. Point differential is third. Uh, their defense is going to start getting a little better. Uh, Jalen Phillips is back. Obviously, Xavier Howard, Jalen Ramsey, they're starting to get healthy defensively. So start seeing a little uptick defensively from them. But offensively, can they keep it up? I don't know. They've looked great against horrendous teams and phenomenally bad against good teams. There's no in-between with them. Um, I will also say some of those numbers offensively are skewed because when you drop 70 on a team, that's going to happen. 
I think they're a really good team, but I don't quite think they're as good as maybe some of the some of the numbers would represent just because of the the skewed number of the 70 point game. Yeah, it's a really hard team to wrap your mind around because they don't have Devon Achan right now. And he's one of the more dynamic players in the league. You talked about Christian McCaffrey. Uh, I don't want to like crown his ass and say he's he's that level player, but he is a rare, rare weapon that can really add an element to this Miami offense that frankly felt missing uh, on Sunday. Whenever they had Jeff Wilson or Salvin Ahmed out there, you know that play that Drew Tranquil made on Salvin Ahmed that that could have easily been a touchdown. If that is H Han, if that's 20, number twenty eight instead of number twenty six, he may have housed that. That's mm. that's the kind of difference maker he is. I was really impressed with their defensive line. Just being very frank here, I thought they kicked our offensive line's ass. Christian Wilkins, Jalen Phillips, Bradley Chubb. I thought those guys played a hell of a game. Kept the Dolphins in it throughout, basically stymied the Chiefs offense in the second half, uh, was really impressed there. But you're right, until they beat somebody, they are a team that I don't know we can say that they're capable of winning a Super Bowl. Yeah, And also, I think I think Jalen Waddell has not been what the Dolphins quite need from him because on a day where Tyreek Hill couldn't get going and the Chiefs just did everything within their power to make life difficult – for number 10, he he couldn't be the difference in that game. Yeah. Uh, Cowboys, I, I don't think we need to talk about this very long. Offensive EPA per play, sixth. Defensive DBA, fourth. Point differential, fourth. You say, Sterling, why not? Aren't those great? Yeah, it was pretty damn good. I mean, good offense, really good defense, great point differential. No, it's Dak Prescott. He crumbles in big-time moments. Uh, great when they're down 14 and you need a touchdown to make it a close game. Oh, you better believe he's going to get that touchdown to cut it to seven. Maybe even the two-point conversion. He's going to look great. I don't trust him with the ball, uh, with the game on the line. Um, Micah Parsons, he's great. Their defense is looking pretty good overall. They don't scare me, man. I think they're frauds. I do. Really? Um, because having watched that game Sunday, they deserve to win. They, I, I'm serious. They deserve to win. If it wasn't for... Dak Prescott barely stepping out on a two-point conversion. And Where's the awareness, by the way? Of that? Come on, that, that's well, but, but the, Where's your then, awareness? And then Luke Schoonmaker uh, is like one inch short of a football, and they turn it over, I mean, of a touchdown, they turn it over and down. And, and then also you had a terrible, terrible call where they said the sixth offensive lineman didn't check in with the refs, and they and called back. And he, he did. did. And they called back a Tony Pollard touchdown now. The, the Eagles got some bad calls. And I think the thing about officiating in the NFL right now is these refs have to make themselves not part of the game as much. I want to sit back on Sunday and kind of forget that the refs are there. I know they have a job to do. I know that some penalties have to be called. But they are kind of inserting themselves into these games more than they need to. And I think it makes for a very frustrating uh, viewing experience and I also think that it just kind of slows these games down and mucks them up. And they're, they're just inconsistent as hell. It was very frustrating. But I think if you're the Cowboys, you go away from this game saying, mm, we, we had them. We know we can play with the Eagles. I think CeeDee Lamb 
these past few weeks has just blown me away. At this point, sure. is he is he a top five receiver in the league? I think you'd, no, you'd not, have to, but I think you'd, you'd have to consider it, man. <laughs> oh, top fifteen, man. He, he he put up 190 like last week. He put up something like 160 the week before. Yeah, it looks like a larger sample size because Devontae Adams has put up like 60 over the past three weeks. But I'm not putting Ceedee Lamb above Devontae Adams. Well, but it, if you look at he's number four in yards per route run. I mean, he's he's really since Dak has kind of rebooted. And looked a little bit better. I don't know if that was their buy or what, but he really struggled early in the year. Uh, but I think they have a little bit of the Miami Dolphins syndrome here, where they beat up on, you know, they just smoke bad teams outside of Arizona. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, they they run up the score. That's the point differential. Yeah. And then you know they they get on the same field as the 49ers, and they just look like they don't belong there. My point with him is they they always look good at times when the game seems out of reach or the game is out of reach, reach. They'll make it close. If they're up in a game, it seems like they run up the score to make it look better. I'm not a believer in the Cowboys. I get that Eagles game, but that is one game. That's not going to move the needle for what we have seen from them year after year after year. The Bills, offensive EPA per play, third. Defensive DVOA, 17th. Point differential is actually second in the NFL. So for all the talk that they've fallen off, uh, they've been a little bit unlucky in regards to they've lost a lot of close games. That's basically what it comes down to. It seems like they've lost a lot of close games. Josh Allen is 100% uh, unbelievable. 90% of it's great, but 10% is unbelievable as in that is Nathan Peterman making the throw. That is how the hell do you not see the three guys there's a wide open route, Stefan Diggs over here. And for some reason, you're like, let's go to a triple covered Gabe Davis, like in your own side of the 20. Makes no sense. Um, I still think the Bills are a really good team. They're a bad matchup for Kansas City because Josh Allen, as you mentioned, does have that upside. But you don't know what you're getting from them week in and week out. Yeah. And what's really problematic here is that defensive DVOA 17th. And I'd actually argue that it's been worse because after they lost Milano and and had other injuries mount. Von Miller hasn't looked like himself. The, the defense has actually been pretty atrocious, even struggling to stop teams like the New England Patriots. And I think the issue with that, beyond just having kind of a bad defense, is you basically force Josh Allen to play hero ball more than you want Josh Allen to play hero ball. You want a little bit of that when he has to dig deep and get you a bucket in a close game. You don't want him doing it in the first quarter. Because yeah. he feels like he has to put this team on his back because the defense just isn't good enough to compete. Uh, I think we're going to look back on the Bills and wonder if the 13 seconds game slammed the door on the window of, of their championship aspirations. I don't. I don't think so. I think it's a good, it's a fun point. It's a great aspect to look up, especially if they don't win. I think I, I think people will look back on that, but I don't think it's correct. Um, again, this year has just been marred by injuries to great players. Um, I still think they're a really good team. Their schedule is absolutely brutal, and it's still very, very difficult as it goes on. Uh, I think it was Vergeram and myself actually talked about this. Um, they might win like 10 or 11 games, but if they sneak into the playoffs, they're still a very dangerous team. Like If you look at them, they might feel like a 13-win team, but the record's not going to reflect that because of the schedule and now because of the injuries. And I also think Brian Dayball going uh, to the Giants is a bigger deal than anything else. Ever since he left, Josh Allen uh, has played some hero ball, a little more inconsistent. I do think that's a bigger impact that's not being talked about enough. Um, next I, team. 
Before we move on, I, I bet Bryant Dayball would like to be back in Buffalo right about now. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're uh, you're probably right in that regard. Uh, next team, Detroit Lions. Offensive EPA per play is 11th. Defensive DVOA is 8th. And then point differential is 10th. Detroit obviously beat Kansas City in Arrowhead on the season opening night in Arrowhead. Um, they're a good team. Dan Campbell would, would have my vote for coach of the year so far. Uh, even though they were supposed to be pretty good, I still think they've exceeded expectations. That Ravens game where they got drubbed 38-6, to I think, was an outlier. Uh, they got down and could not come back. Jared Goff has perpetually been underrated since he got to Detroit. Amon Ross St. Brown, in my opinion, is a top-five wide receiver in the NFL. Uh, but CeeDee Lamb's not? I would take Amon Ross St. Brown over CeeDee Lamb. And sure, you may say I'm wrong. I love Amon Ross St. Brown. I love what he brings to the table. He never complains. Hard worker. Uh, always catches the rock. And he gets great separation. Uh, they're a different style of player. Well, Amon Ross St. Brown's more of a slot guy. CeeDee Lamb's on the outside. Uh, but this Lions team's good. Man, I, I think they're very solid overall. Uh, they're not a, the most explosive team. They're not the most explosive defensive team. They're not the best on either side of the ball. But they're good. And they don't have a glaring weakness. Yeah, you just look at Jared Goff, and I think in a league full of atrocious quarterback play, unwatchable quarterback play, I mean, try watching Tommy DeVito and then watch Jared Goff. That guy Goff. shouldn't have in the NFL. That no, guy should no. not be in the NFL. And you watch Jared Goff after watching a quarterback like him, and you have sort of a newfound appreciation for what Jared Goff does. That being said, when we were talking about Jared Allen, his ability to put his team on his shoulders and go get a bucket out of structure – make something happen when there's nothing there. Jared Goff cannot do that. Correct. Jared Goff cannot do that. So they're going to have to lean heavily on the running game. And fortunately for them, at some point, you hope that they'll have both David Montgomery uh, and Jameer Gibbs going at the same time because they've kind of, one's been healthy, the other one's been not. You know, not. They've kind of been playing musical running back chairs there. Uh, I just don't see it with these guys. I know Restore the Roar is a fun story. They're an exciting team with some good building blocks. Uh, I, I just don't see them even in a weekend watered-down NFC. I, I think the Cowboys are better than them. I, I, and really, it's probably a two-horse race in the NFC. Uh, but, you know, kudos to them. They've, they've gone from the cellar to, to not quite the penthouse, but, uh, you know, three or four floors down. I used to think they're a little underrated, and Sam Laporta is becoming a very nice piece. Great tight end for them as well. Uh, number 10, last team, Jacksonville Jaguars. Offensive EPA per play is 21st. They have surprisingly been very bad, anemic offensively. Defensive DVOA is third. They've actually been really good defensively. The point differential is ninth. Jags, their record's really good. I don't believe in them at all. Um I just don't. I'm sorry. I think Trevor Lawrence is a good quarterback. I don't think he's a transcendent quarterback. I don't think he ever reaches the Mahomes, Allen, Burrow, uh, Hurts, Lamar Jackson. I think at best you're looking at a guy who's right right now. He's a little, he's like Dak Prescott. Like he's a good quarterback, but he doesn't really move the needle that much. I mean, look at the weapons he has: Calvin Ridley, Christian Kirk, Evan Ingram, a decent offensive line. Uh, you got you got Travis Etienne, and you're 21st. Like. Come on! At some point, that's got to be a play caller and, and, and a great play caller, like, right? It, it, it's a little head scratching. So they don't well, move the needle for me. I think they're a, they're a, a solid team. They make the playoffs and probably get bounced. The counterpoint there would be 
than if they do figure it out offensively because they have a lot of talent on that side of the ball. And last season, we saw Trevor Lawrence, for whatever reason, kind of started slow and caught fire down the stretch and into the playoffs. Well, you know why? It was against the Chargers. Of course, the Chargers were going to blow a 27 Well, yeah, but it, they it, do. I mean, even the second half of the season last year, he looked like a top 10 quarterback. Uh, and the defense has been phenomenal. And you think, what would this defense look like if they selected Aiden Hutchinson instead of Trayvon Walker, who has given them nothing? Trayvon Walker is giving them nothing, and they still look like a top five or six defense. That it's pick will be never very- make any sense to me. That pick will, ma- will never make sense, at least to me. I mean, even Kayvon Thibodeau, take him. I, if you don't like Aiden Hutchinson, if you think he's limited for some reason, it will never make sense to me either. Uh, I don't like their play calling, even though I, I, in theory, like Doug Peterson, I think they keep slamming uh, Travis Etienne into a wall when he's a guy you want to get in space. There's something off about this offense. I'm not particularly scared of them either. But the way their defense is playing if their offense gets into rhythm, maybe they could be uh, a bit pesky in the playoffs. The question I want to ask you about this team is, if you were drafting a franchise right now, a franchise quarterback, would you take C.J. Stroud or Trevor yeah. Lawrence? C.J. Stroud. Ooh, ooh. I would take Stroud. I, I, I told everyone he was my number one quarterback coming out of the draft. Uh, I was shocked Carolina didn't take him. Um, I get the OSU thing. Ohio State doesn't have quarterbacks, but if you continuously do that, you'll never get the next great guy from them. Um, I like CJ Stroud. Again, it's a small sample size, and maybe I'm being a little um, in the moment, right? He just came off a 470 yard game, five touchdowns, and drove his team down. I think you're, you're, both quarterbacks are good quarterbacks. Um, but man, CJ Stroud has done a ton already in a worse situation. There's just something about that kid. And I think. The what is it? The S two cognition test. The Wonderlic score is so. The, the, I think we we kind of permanently have to throw that out because the book on this guy was he was not a good processor. And if you watch him play, he, he's like Kurt Warner out there. He is fearless. He you cannot affect him, and he processes very quickly. It's not like he's throwing to AJ Brown and to Devonta Smith. That I'm not knocking Nico Collins and Dalton Schultz and Tank Dell, but he's making these guys look better than they are. I've been very impressed with them. And I think next year at this time, we will probably be talking about D'Amico Ryan's, uh, his Houston Texans ball club being uh, more of an AFC contender as we go forward. Yeah. So I will say I was high on the Texans. You can ask uh, Ian McMillan from Stacking the Box. I was uh, I didn't say they make the playoffs, but I said they're going to surprise a lot of folk. And you're sitting here at four and four or five hundred. I'm sitting here feel pretty pretty good about that one. That makes me feel pretty uh pretty good about my ball knowing ability. Um, uh, yes. Let's rank these teams. Let's what do, do you it. say, Bats? Before you guys rank the teams, let's start from the bottom. Are we going to rank the Chiefs as well, or are the Chiefs just going to be uh, nebulous? They are nebulous. They are out okay. there on their own, and and we're just. We're kind of doing a threat index here. So we have nine teams then, okay? Let's go from nine to one. Okay, we got nine teams of Chiefs or the Nebulous team. Uh, Jags at nine. Agree? I think they probably have more upside than the Lions, but their path is harder. So uh, the the chances that, yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you there. Yeah, so I'm going Jags at nine. You're going to hate this, but I'm going to do it. And sorry, um, we can throw hands if you want. Uh, Cowboys at eight. 
No, no, absolutely not. Yeah, absolutely eight. absolutely uh, not. The, 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 at seven. No, no, no. We're, we're, we're about to shut down the show on that one. Uh, we got Miami at six. Yeah, seems about okay. right. You're going to do your list and then I'm going to do mine. That's how we're okay. going to do this. That's what we're going to do then? Okay. Jags yeah. at nine, Cowboys at eight, Lions at seven, Miami at six, the Bills at five, Bengals I still have to give a lot of credit to because they always play the Chiefs tough and I think they're getting hot at the right time. They're at four. Uh, 49ers at three. I, I believe that defense turns it around. Uh, they mm-hmm. just have so many weapons. Again, I don't believe in Brock Purdy, but I believe in Shanahan and the rest of that team. Uh, and then the Eagles at two. And then the Ravens, I think, are the biggest contender to the Kansas City Chiefs. The Ravens right now are playing some phenomenal football. Uh, Todd Munkin has been a revelation for that team, and they are firing on all cylinders, offense, defense, and, oh, yeah, special teams. There you go. You make good points. I'm going to reverse course a little bit and go with the Lions at number nine because in the fourth quarter. Oh, yeah, the team has beat Kansas City already. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah, they beat Kansas City without Travis Kelsey and Chris Jones. I mean, that's that's a <laughs> that's a hell of an asterisk uh, there. But uh, I just trust Trevor Trevor Lawrence more in a late game scenario than Jared Goff. So we're gonna go nine Lions, eight Jaguars. You're probably not gonna like this, but I, I, I'm going seven Bills. I think they are done. I think that defense is done. That defense is is fundamentally broken. They cannot fix it in season this year. I just don't think they they can. Uh, they tried to address it with Rasal Douglas at the cornerback position uh, at the trade deadline. Not enough. Six, I'm going with the Miami Dolphins. Until they beat somebody, I, I they're a fun team. They are a sexy team. But they have to wow. prove it. They, they have to prove it. They're yeah. a sexy team? They are the most aesthetically pleasing team, more fireworks than any other offense in the NFL. They're the fastest team we've ever seen, but that doesn't mean it's winning football. That doesn't mean they're going to win the Super Bowl. Can we talk so, about Tyreek Hill's mustache really quickly? How the fact it looks like he works at an auto body shop. Like he looks like uh, a dude named Frank at an auto body shop, and he's about to sell you some windshield wipers. He knows why your carburetor's wrong like that stash that Tyreek Hill has screams I'm drinking a bush light or a PBR right now yeah it looks like it looks like Kevin Hart is like playing Tyreek Hill like with a bad disguise or something I don't know it is a it's a weird it's a weird mustache number five in some ways I like the Cowboys better than the 49ers because I prefer their quarterback but their coach Scares the hell out of me. They cannot beat the 49ers, so I have to put them there at five. The 49ers are my number four team. I I think I have to dock them for Brock Purdy. My number three team is the Philadelphia Eagles. I just think there's something a little off about them. From Jalen Hurts to the new coordinators to that secondary just getting absolutely torched, I don't have that much faith in them. Number two, I'm going to put the Cincinnati Bengals because Joe Burrow and Lou Anarumo play the chiefs better than anybody. And out of respect, I cannot rank them any lower than that. Now that they're clicking and number one, we agree on this. The most complete team in the NFL right now, firing on all cylinders, a very scary team, the Baltimore Ravens. Well, we had a lot of agreement. The biggest uh, disagreement was between the Cowboys for some reason, which is a weird hill for you to die on. Cause yeah, they've shown a lot over the years to be, uh, you know, that they were really good. In the 90s. 
It's like Nebraska. They're like, oh, we're still a blue blood. It's like, when was the last time when Indomitian Sioux was there? Sorry, Nebraska fans. I don't mean to take a shot at you, but... Um, yeah, you really... Nebraska out here catching strays. Sorry, Scott the, Frost in the in the the freaking... Uh, the the kick six just came up today, and I'm, I'm irritated. Ooh. That's bullshit. I'm a Mizzou fan, and I'm so angry by that. Came up on my on my timeline today, and um, sorry, poor Mizzou fans. Between that and the fifth down game, and Tyus Edney, and are you kidding me? They're, 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 it goes on and on. Mizzou fans, uh, we are we carry this cross. Okay, I'm sitting here saying, please stop giving me your hardest challenges, and yet every single one starts piling on. It's piling on I mean, best. I, I you got to wonder at this point if Nick Bolton is is only injured because of where he went to school and and that curse. Oh, bleep uh, you, man! <laughs> but but um, hey, I went there too um, for a little while. The Cowboys, I just think it, it's coaching, and they choke. They have a lot of talent. I mean, they have a lot of talent. They belong. If they're in the AFC, I wouldn't give them a chance of making the Super Bowl. But I think they do have. They have the third best chance in the NFC to make the Super Bowl. Maybe that's by default. But I just don't I, – I do not believe in the Seahawks or the Lions at this point. No. So – Take us out of here before I throw hands with you by the Cowboys. I, I can't believe you're, you're you're hitching your wagon to Mike McCarthy and Dak Prescott. I am not hitching my wagon to Mike McCarthy and Dak. Wagon's hitched. I think Dak Prescott – you're a little too hard on Dak Prescott. He's – He's like a top 12 quarterback in the NFL, which sure. at this in a, in a league where Aiden O'Connell's and Tommy DeVito's are running around, you should, you should, you know, you don't hear me call him contenders either. Uh, I'm <laughs> CD lamb. Micah Parsons is a good team. And I think if they had Trayvon Diggs, it would be different, but that does it for today's show. Big props to the chat. As always, we appreciate you showing up, getting involved in the conversation before you roll out, do us a favor by liking this video and if you're not subscribing to the channel yet, what are you doing? Do it right now. Not not tomorrow, right now. And if you're an audio listener on Apple Podcasts, please consider giving us a five-star rating. That helps us reach more fans. Uh, let us know what you like about the show, what you don't like. If you have any questions, we respond to those things. And we will be back next Wednesday at 4.30 p.m. Central right here on the Arrowhead Addict YouTube channel. Until then, no game this week, but as always, go Chiefs. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.